Hello, and welcome to the Friday Live thing. Whether you have an existing online business or are just starting out, we show you how to grow and scale your business the easy way. Here are your hosts, Tim Goodwin and Mark Thompson. Hi, and welcome to the Friday Live thing with me, Mark Thompson, and Tim there, or Mr. and Mr. and Mr. Mr. and Mr. One half a head of hair between the two of them. It's <laughs> getting worse, mate. Look, it's getting worse. Right, anyway. Oh, that'll do us. Oh, welcome. I've been like this for the last 20 years, mate. Seriously. <laughs> you, you're used to it. I used to have a beautiful head of hair. Um, oh. Anyway, that's enough of our problems. Um, welcome to the show. Right, following on from last week's show, um, we decided to actually go a little bit deeper and have some more ninja tricks, the proper top level um, tricks that uh, you can use on email marketing. Also following on from last week's show, and I'll get this out of the way straight away, um, I realized I had a lot of courses that I'd stopped selling that were actually really, really good. And one of them, one of them was email infotainer. And I actually mentioned this to two people this week, and they went, "That's one of your best courses ever." So uh, I've done. I'm doing a flash sale for email infotainer. Plus, I've thrown in two other courses: email marketer's handbook, which is designed to sit on your desk, and it's just best principles for email marketing, and email challenge, which is a challenge I did last year, which was basically build a list, send out emails, etc. SMO flash sale sounds very Black Friday-ish. Um, yeah, I know. We don't do Black Friday, do we? Uh, no, we don't do Black Friday. We don't do. Uh, so we actually, this is sort of like um, Grey gray Friday. Grey Thursday. It's Friday, isn't it? It is Friday, yeah, yeah. Don't worry. Don't <laughs> oh, scare me like that. <laughs> right. And so I've got a couple of other things I talk about. Sorry. There was a couple of other things I was going to say. Um, yeah. uh, about actually about Black Friday. Um, after our call last week, I had a phone call with my Facebook ads rep. Um, God help me. Um, and um, one of the interesting things that she came out with was that um, basically she let on that at this time of year, there are three times the number of advertisers on Facebook at this time of year than at any other quarter of the year. And she reckons ad costs, like cost per thousand CPMs, will double in this month. <laughs> I was going to run an ad today. I, 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 do you know what? She, she said to me, she was like, she said, so what have you got planned for this quarter? And I was like, I plan to turn all my ads off, if that's the case. Yeah. And she, she was like, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I was like, what, why would I spend twice as much to acquire the same customer that come middle of December, end of, you know, beginning of January that I can pay half price for? What, why would you? you <laughs> she was like, fair point. <laughs> right. Uh, I've got something else as well. I actually just I published this in uh, the SMO free group earlier today. It is the video size that works best with... Facebook ads. Now, I'll, I'm not going to tell you what it is, but I'll give you a spoiler. It's not what everyone thinks it is. And the cost is seriously, seriously different. So it's something I would highly recommend everyone testing for themselves. So you can just go along there to join smo.com forward slash free or 
join. And if you, or you already remember, log in there and just look at what I posted now. You're not going to have a look and give it away. Clickbait. Clickbait on a on a on a webinar. Yeah. Um, sorry, go on. You carry on while I just you know look at your uh, <laughs> the article. Right. Anyway, so today we're we are going to talk about. Uh, on page tracking, no, we're, talk, we're not going to talk about on page track. We're going to talk about a little bit, bit of ninja Facebook stuff. No, email marketing, man, I've been too, too busy this week. I, I had a, a 11 hour day the other day. I'm still suffering. I know, terrible. We're going to talk about ninja email marketing tricks. Right. So, so last we talked a lot about campaigns last week. So, like the different sort of email campaigns that you should run, things like, we talked about bounce back. We talked about uh, engagement tagging. We talked about um, broadcast resend. We'll talk a little bit more about that today. Um, we talked about uh, car abandoning sequences, you know, um, customer new customer onboarding sequences, that kind of stuff. So if you if you really want to know about a bunch of different campaigns you should run, go watch last week's video. It's up on YouTube. It's on Facebook. It's everywhere else. Yeah. So. The interesting thing we're going to talk about today, like, okay, so you've got an email campaign, you're sending them out, you're doing your campaigns. How can you actually make them better? How can you like turn 30, 40% open rate? Um, how can you turn that one or 2% conversion rate into a 5% conversion rate? So that's what we're going to cover today. And it's not as difficult as you think. There's some very basic things that you can test and underline that word test yeah okay because everyone's audience is different everyone's campaigns are different uh, everyone's writing ability is different unless you buy email infotainer in which case it's going to be awesome um anyway so the first one i'm going to talk about is on-page tracking so who is most likely to buy from you is it somebody who's never been to your sales page or is it someone who's been to your sales page once twice two three four five times with certain email service providers, I know it works with Active Campaign. I assume it works with Klaviyo, and I assume it works with pretty much all the decent ones. You can track people's actions. So when someone lands on your sales page, Active Campaign knows that somebody's gone from your email to your sales page. Within Active Campaign, you can then take that person, add them to a custom audience on Facebook. So then you can run a follow-up campaign. If you want, you can say, okay, I only want to send this if somebody has been to my sales page three times and haven't bought. I've actually got a campaign that runs, actually, it might be, think about it, it might be going to the wrong sales page because I changed the sales page and forgot about this campaign. I mean, I forgot about this campaign because it just runs in the background. And all it does is somebody's been to SMO sales page three times and hasn't bought, it offers them a free trial, not a $1 trial. Okay, so actually, I do think <laughs> I forgot. Honestly, if this is weird, I have completely forgot about this campaign that it was running because it is just autopilot. You don't have to think about it. So I think it actually goes to the wrong page now, so it's not going to work. So I better go back and check that out. But it's really simple. Someone goes to your page three times, send them out an offer. So that's that one. Up to you, mate. Um, this kind of comes back to, to some of the basics of marketing. Um, 
and uh, the, the, the not so late Dan Kennedy always talked about um, market media message and the, the link between the three, you have to have basically send the right message to the right people, you know, um, with the right media, you know, so like if for email marketing, you have to really think about, okay, so who's actually opening emails? in the first place, what, who is your target audience that is most likely to open those emails, read them, consume them, click on the link, all that kind of stuff. So you've really got to drill down um, to figure out exactly the type of person who's likely to read your emails and not everybody reads emails. And in 2019, going into 2020, um, you know, email is, is diminishing, but it's not diminishing as quickly as people think it is, or like the people who are trying to sell you courses on uh, messenger bots and all that kind of crap. Um, they, they, they have you believe that email is completely and utterly a waste of time. Um, you know, considering that email for my business generates something in the region of 30 to 40% of our revenue every single month comes from email. Um, so I'm not stopping with my email very anytime soon. Um, so with that in mind, there's a couple of things that you kind of need to sort of put in place with in your emails. And I was talking to a, a, a very good friend of mine who uh, Mark knows as well, but I'm not going to mention his name just to save the embarrassment. But unfortunately, he was getting um, only 4% open rate on his on his emails. And I basically, I was really blunt. I had to be really blunt with him. And I was like, that's shocking, dude. You've, you've got one of the two things is wrong here. Either the message that you're putting out is wrong, or the people that you're speaking to is wrong. Okay. <laughs> has he read email infotainer? I don't think so. Anyway, so there's a couple of things you can do with your email to make them, uh, one, you have to understand who it is you're, you're sending the email to, but basically don't be boring. You can't be boring at all in your email, okay? So if you're boring, then people will stop opening your email, they'll stop clicking through and all that kind of stuff. So writing information is boring in a lot of times. I've been writing, uh, allegedly, I've been writing about green shit, green powder for the last seven and a half, eight years. Technically, I haven't because I've not been writing about green powder for seven and a half, eight years. I've been writing about people. I've been talking about stories. I've been talking about the challenges and the fun that people have and like, you know, the way that people live their lives differently to the rest of us, um, you know something that's interesting and entertaining back to that email entertainment stuff. Um, so really you can't be boring. You can't write just about technical nerdy information. There is a place for that. And I think that 4% of this gentleman's email list found his stuff interesting, but they were never going to buy his stuff anyway, because the people who are interested in the nerdy stuff aren't going to buy your product, your service, because they're already nerds in your stuff anyway. So you have to write about stories. You have to write, you know, to people, to humans and not be boring. Yeah. I sent out a, an email today about Star Trek. Okay. It's, here's a secret. I actually recycled it. I've actually used it about five years ago. Yeah. doesn't matter. I mean, I could have used it six months ago. And most people wouldn't have remembered it. Exactly. Uh, but it's, it is about Star Trek and communication and opening communication channels to Klingons. Yeah. 
but it's about communication and then the transition from that into hey if you want to write interesting emails go to smoflashsale.com and buy email entertainer pitch pitch like i'm gonna pitch like a bitch today <laughs> i've seen that our good friend anders has uh, uh has yeah. posted uh, obviously he's um, somewhere where it's a bit damp um <laughs> In the UK, it's still very wet, and people are complaining at Boris Johnson for, um, you know, for the weather. Uh, so yeah, it's def everything is his fault. It is his fault, definitely his fault. Yeah. <laughs> He'll make it sound like it's the uh, the fault of the uh, EU, um, you know, uh, diplomats. So yeah, there we go. Do it both hands. Live long and prosper. <laughs> Black man. <laughs> uh, that's for, that's the visual gag, by the way, for the day. <laughs> so, Dan, you missed that visual gag. <laughs> uh, so that's my my main tip. I've got a couple more on my list, but um, go for it, Mark. What's your news? Right, segmentation. Right, you've got a segment. You have got to said segment your list. Okay. Um, when we talk about segmentation, we're talking about there's there's some fundamentals I think that I go for, and I don't know whether Mark goes for this, but the most obvious one is buyers versus prospects. Yeah. So you have a very very distinct segment of people who already bought, who already given you money. Um, that's your superpower powerful list. Now you can go to the nth degree with that, and we do within our e-commerce business, where we segment our top buyers so people who spend over a thousand pounds with us become our what we call our whales um uh, not the country um the, uh, the 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 thing that swims around in the sea um the people who spend the most amount of money with us are extremely valuable to us so we segment those and we have a very different set of emails that go out to them versus somebody who's bought say just once um so segmenting between customers really really important Mark does some different stuff with segmentation with like from the point of view of what action they're taking in prospects. So I'll let Mark do that. Yeah, no, no, you can, people who like email marketing, people who like affiliate marketing. The easy, oh, go back to what Tim said, the easiest sale you're ever gonna, no, the second easiest sale you're ever gonna make is to somebody who's bought a product. Yeah. The first easiest sale you're ever gonna make is someone who's bought three products. Very much. Honestly, you don't need a sales page. Yep. Um, I often send emails out to some of our some of our best customers, and I won't even bother with a sales page. I'll just say I'm doing this, 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 and this. Here's a link. Sign up here, and that's all you need to do. And it's that's basically what I did when when I was in Mexico. On the basis of the five k five k method, <laughs> I was laying on the beach in Mexico, and I went through all the the list of all the customers and stuff like that, and I picked out a certain a segment of them who I thought, you know, that they're probably a good idea for them to buy this. I actually found something, I actually thought, found something that actually benefit them. Yeah. And I, I sent out the email to them. Hence, you know, 70% of them visited the sale, the checkout, the cart. And I think it's 8% conversion rate or something ridiculous it, like that. It, it's super important. We, we even get down to like, even with the thousands of customers that we have, um for for lean greens we still send out individual emails to individual customers now that is the ultimate in segmentation because you know say for example um 
uh, one of our top, um, one of our best customers, their credit card is, is due to expire. We proactively do outreach to go and see if we can get them to reactivate or put in a new credit card information into the system. Get them on the phone. That's the ultimate in segmentation um, yeah. of, of, of dealing with somebody one-on-one -on -one because you know that they're getting benefit from your product and have done for the last couple of years. It makes sense. It's good customer service to reach out to that person on a one-on-one -on -one basis <laughs> uh, just so you can get like, you know, uh, you can ensure that you can still profit from those people and they'll love you for it because they, they suddenly feel really, really special. Now, you don't tell them that like they're, you know, your top customer, but because, you know, by reaching out to them individually, they'll go, my God, this company is amazing. They reach out to people individually. They must do that. It's amazing that they do that for almost all of their customers. We don't, but they, they have the perception that that's what happens. So it spreads. They tell their friends about what a great service that they get from, from this particular company and it spreads. So yeah, ultimates in segmentation in that, that respect. Um, another sort of segmentation. Now, I have to admit, I was supposed to do this on the email that I just sent out. However, I have ran out of time. But ha have a link. So bear in mind, I'm, I'm sending out an email now. It's about the, the offer, the flash sale. So I'm gonna send three emails over the next few days. Now, it is a courtesy to have a link in there to let people opt out of it. Okay, so rather, people have either got usually got, got the, the option to read an email or unsubscribe. Okay, if they open an email and they don't like it, they've got, if you give them, look, if you don't want to receive any emails for this promotion, for the emails, please click this link. Now, I should have done that, but, and I should have also excluded people from SMO from it, but we were at about five minutes to go before we had to go live. So I'm not, they'll forgive me. It's always easier to ask for an apology. Yep. But that, you can put a link in to an email and someone clicks it, it tags them. And then next time you send an email out, you just exclude that tag. So exclude from uh, email and promotion, that tag. And then you, then you supply it when you, next time you go out, send it to everybody who hasn't got exclude from pro promo in it really easy it's a com common courtesy very few people do it <laughs> i didn't do it um but i should have done um so yeah that's another good one so um how do you get uh, your open rates how do you increase your open rates without um you know very very simply how do you get better much better open rates for your emails and one tip i always get out there is you get people to reply to your emails. So like one of the first things I try and do with somebody who joins my list for the first time, I will say in the email, do me a quick favor, just to make sure, keep the email gods happy and to make sure I know that you've got this email. Can you just hit reply and send me a quick message to say, hi, I've got this email. What this does is it does two things. One, it actually um, it sends a signal to your uh, to the email platform that they are on that the sender of that particular email is a legitimate email person that they are somebody that you should be delivering emails from all of the time. The second thing that it does is it opens up a customer service loop um, with the customer or with a potential customer. 
And it's, it's a way to kind of engage with somebody one-on-one. -on -one. And people are always afraid of engaging people and they want to automate everything and make stuff so that like, you know, they can sit on the beach drinking tequilas and, you know, whatever, and, you know, do what internet entrepreneurs do. But ultimately getting people to respond to you and getting people to speak to you one-on-one -on -one is huge because they're much, much more likely to become a customer at that point. And we do this with our, with Lean Greens, even though the customer, average customer value is only a couple of hundred pounds, it's still a couple of hundred pounds that potential customer could potentially become a couple of thousand pounds or five or six thousand pounds in some cases for our customers. So it makes sense to, to do what we can to create a, a stronger connection with that customer. So definitely get people, ask people in the first email that goes out, ask them to respond, ask them to click, uh, uh, to click reply and say, yes, I got this. Even if it's just a couple of words and that's it. And like, you know, uh, you know, the, the, we've got a support person in our in our team who gets some of these replies and like you know it, it's funny she's just like why do, why are these people responding and i was like because i've asked them to and it's like just you know and she was like but what do we what do we say to them and i was like well engage with them talk to them say thank you you know hope you're gonna have a nice weekend blah 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 whatever it doesn't really matter we've had that engagement more than just sending out an automated email we've got a actual engagement with a real person two-way conversation between two people which makes the connection much much stronger so that's how you increase your open rates significantly for your emails one interesting thing is a lot of people don't use gmail now to get their emails so for that you have to get into the in out of the promotion tab into the main tab okay so you can ask people to drag it in there um, that's one thing to do. But the other thing is, you know, there's certain words that trigger the promotion tab. And I actually bought a course this week um, that has Black a list of them. Friday being one of them, by the way. Yeah, Black Friday. Um, another one is, and you're going to laugh at this, by having 5K or 10K. So having the 5K method <laughs> could be a bit of a problem. <laughs> I laugh at it. So if anybody gets an email talking about the F-I-V-E-K-A-Y method, then you know why I'm doing that from now on. <laughs> oh. So yeah, so I from now on, I'll be referring to this list when I'm buying domain names and naming products. Uh, brilliant. <laughs> no, it's not brilliant. It's not fun in the slightest. <laughs> uh. But the next thing on my list, and uh, I'll leave Mark's one for the moment, the second subject line. Now, a lot of the email providers are now actually, uh, the email service providers, things like Clavio and ActiveCampaign, they're giving, they've now got a specific box for this. When you prepare an email, you can write the first email. I know that Drip does it as well. Um, it as well. So basically where you put in uh, your main email subject and then you have the second uh, headline now the second headline is essentially the preview that appears so you know when you go onto google mail or gmail and you open up your email and you see the subject line and it's got the first bit of text from the email so it gives you a bit of a preview of what the email is actually going to say we can now specify what goes in that second um that second headline and it's it, it's quite a useful thing for um 
especially when you want to write a longer headline. Mark talks about like eight eight word email headlines, uh, subject lines. Um, it's a great way of doubling that essentially um, and getting more uh, an, another call to action. And here's, here's something that we've been doing quite a lot is um, I spoke last week about the resend campaign that we do, which is basically when we send a broadcast message about 16 to 30 hours after the first email has been sent out, we resend the same email to people who didn't open the first time. And what we do is we, we changed, we, we send it out at a different time of day to the first email, but we also switch the headlines. So whatever was in the second headline, I now put in the primary headline and vice versa. Um, so that's that's a, a great way of um, getting more open rates, which then ties in quite nicely to the emojis thing that Mark's going to talk about. Yeah, so headlines. Headlines are probably the most important thing you write. I know people who spend 30 seconds writing a headline and at half an hour writing an email. It should probably be the other way around. <laughs> you, know, you spend time on your emails, on your headlines, sorry. Um, so, for example, you have got things you can do like add emojis. So I say uh, the email I've, I've got out, to, I've sent out today. I've got three emojis in, in the headline. Don't overuse it. Okay. Don't do it every email. But if you've got something special, uh, stick an emoji up there because it stands out in people's in inboxes. Um, so you use those. You can you can be very literal with emojis. There's emojis. For, there's even emojis for pretzels. I discovered the other day because I accidentally pre sent it instead of thank you. Oh, no, it was supposed to be thumbs up and I actually sent pretzel. <laughs> that caused even longer conversation. Um, so you can put those into like the second headline as well, normally. Yeah. So you can put the emoji into the second headline. And again, if you're doing the resend, you know, put the, you know, emoji in the primary headline for the first time and on the resend, put it into the secondary headline, um, which is a, has worked quite well for us over the last year or so. Um, you can do, overdo it, as you say, with emojis, where it gets, you know, I, I've, I've actually sent an email out with 10 emojis in, in the headline, and it, funny enough, it got a crap open rate. Um, <laughs> I think it probably got spammed, um, but there we go. Can you imagine all the um, aliens in 5,000 years' time when they come to Earth and they discover that we, say, we, we, we still had hieroglyphs in 2020? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so the other thing about headlines as well, the subject line is try not to exceed eight words because um, I read today in actually one of Ian Stanley's emails that the, the, the human brain can see seven or eight words as a phrase anything more than that and it doesn't see it as a phrase so try and keep them short and snappy with, with certain with headlines you know with subject lines um, I end up um, initially, when I start writing an email, I write a headline, I write the email, and then what normally happens is I go back and change the headline. Um, so, you know, the email which I sent out to uh, Lean Green's subscribers today or customers today was um, something something along the lines of, uh, "Do I have a Greek god bod?" Um, I think was the uh, with a with a um, you know bicep thing, um, which. Uh, <laughs> You know, I, initially I came up with this really, really boring subject line, but then I came up with that one as being, but I had to write the email before I figured out actually what I was, you know, what the, what the right headline was. Um, so yeah, sometimes it takes a little while to, to filter through to what the best or what. We've said, this, we've said this loads and loads and loads of times. Now, when you write an email, start with your call to action. Yeah. 
then write your main body, then write a transition from that to that. And then when you're finally finished, think of a headline that reflects what you've written. I honestly, 90% of the time I write an email, I haven't got a clue where it's going until it's finished. Uh, so it's pointless writing a headline first. Sometimes I'll come up with a headline and then write an email around it. But most of the time it's like I come up with a call to action or something what I want to achieve, then I'll write the body and then the transaction and finally um, the headline. So, so yeah. So the other thing which I was going to say was, um, you know, one of the one of the things that people kind of ask is like, oh, well, how often should I email? How, um, uh, you know, uh, what time of day should I email? And all of those kind of things. And to be honest with you, as long as you're not sending it at a completely weird time, like three o'clock in the morning, unless your customers, clients, prospectors, uh, prospects are night owls, um, really don't send it at three o'clock in the morning. But uh, ultimately, what I found is it really doesn't matter too much. Um, I've, I've experimented with different times of day. Um, a lot of our customers are generally sort of like, you know, they'll, um, I, I try to get an email to go out, to, to send out, say, at six o'clock in the morning. So it's, there's a really weird stat that basically says that people will open their phone and read either social media or their email before they brush their teeth. There's like something like 75% of people will, um, will do that. Um, so yeah, I would certainly uh, suggest, you know, experimenting with the timing of it, but don't forget that there's, there's also, um, say for example, you're dealing with mums um, or parents, let's, let's keep it like 2019, um, uh, parents going to pick up their kids from school um, at, 3 34 o'clock in the afternoon certainly in the uk or wherever you are in the world depending on what's the optimum time that they're going to pick up the kids and like but normally they'll be sat there on their mobile phone just idly passing the time either on social media or looking at their emails so um that's also a good time to send out an email um so you know experiment don't get tied up to like oh this is the exact time to send an email and uh, when it comes to frequency um you know, you'll speak, to, you'll see things like from Ben Settle and he sends an email every day. And then when he's got a particular promotion, he'll send like 10 emails in a day, which is just like, it seems absolutely bonkers, but people respond to that or his audience responds to that. If I sent 10 emails in a day, I think my email subscribers might have a bit of a meltdown at me. Um, but it's like, you know, we send out probably on average two to three emails a week. And along with the resends, that we have and this different segmentation that we have sometimes a customer will, will receive an email four times a week and sometimes they'll receive just one a week so just you know um, be aware of you know not overloading but at the same time that you can send out more emails than you think yeah i mean one thing you really sort of the question shouldn't be how often should i send an email it's how often must i send an email so you yeah. must i would say send at least one a week Yes, because if you don't send one a week, people are just going to forget you. You're, yeah. you're not you're not an email marketer. You go off their radar. Then the people like Ben Settle who email daily are on their radar. So it's the interesting thing though. It's like I and I've noticed this literally in the last week or so. Obviously, we're warming up to good old Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and all that kind of nonsense. It's like all of a sudden I'm starting to get emails from people I haven't heard from in over a year. I'm like seriously, dude. I didn't want to get your emails a year ago. I certainly don't want to receive them now. So I'm unsubscribing from a whole bunch of them. Yeah, because, me too. Because they're, they're, you know, all of these people have come out of the woodwork and I'm like, on a second, 
I haven't heard from you for freaking ages. And that's that's really, really like a bad situation to be in when people have forgotten about that person and then all of a sudden they pop up and you go, well, that's really obvious that you're just trying to sell me some shit by the end of the month for like, you know, Black Friday, Cyber Monday. It's madness. And the thing is, is like, you know, say for example, I love my mountain biking and I'm signed up to various different email lists for say, for example, Chain Reaction or Wiggle or Treads or whoever the different biking company, they send an email pretty much every day or every other day of the week anyway. And it's like, I'm used to it. So now they're sending me stuff to do with Black Friday. I'm still used to it. I'm used to getting those emails and seeing the offers. So it's not a surprise and I'm quite happy to receive them because I'm going, well, I'll take a look at that this time. So, you know, really, um, Tamar's just said, you've got to think of interesting stuff to say once a week, um, which is actually an interesting point. It's like, it's not necessarily about um, coming up with something interesting. It's coming up with, it's basically communication. It's like chatting to your mates. And we get like... <laughs> so we get emails all the time from people customers going i don't subscribe to any email list but i always open yours and it's which is a great sign that the i've got the level of conversation right and i know tomorrow like came on a little bit late um but we talked about like you know not being boring and it's like it's if you're t- if you tell stories if you um don't baffle them with nerdy techie information i've stopped talking about green powder years ago but i'm i'm still able to communicate with our customers green powder broccoli like uh, spinach um digestive enzymes uh wheatgrass spirulina nobody wants to read about that boring stuff however they do want to read about my opinion to do with the impossible burger or why um why why i think the carnivores of the world have um missed a trick with their marketing campaigns this last 12 months you know and when you start talking about you know those things it's current media it's current stuff and i'm expressing an opinion people might not necessarily agree with me but it's interesting and entertaining to them to read my slightly off the wall weird way of discussing organism and so, you know, that's how you look at um, what's interesting stuff to say. It's what's happening in your world, what's happening in the world of your customers, your potential audience, what's what's relevant to them right now. And it doesn't have to be about green powder. Um, and it doesn't have to be about broccoli sprouts because that's boring. Um, so yeah, really like you, you should be able to come up with something which is relevant within your industry or relevant to your to your customers' lives right now, and that's how you communicate with them. I mean, the, the email doesn't need to be about what you're promoting. The call to action has to be, yeah. and the transition transition needs to blend your email to your call to action. Sometimes it doesn't work about anything. Right? <laughs> it, sometimes it doesn't with mine. I basically go, I talk about like, you know, um, I don't know, the Impossible Burger, which has got nothing to do with, like, you know, Lean Greens. And I go, oh, by the way, you might as well subscribe to Lean Greens, uh, you know, subscription program while you're here. Off you go. Here's the link. And it's like, there is no transition at all. Yeah, I mean, that's acceptable because that's what people expect from you because they've been on your list for so long. Uh, It's people have, have this impression of email marketing that's 
generally speaking, wrong. Now, if you listen to on their show, I just got it right in the comments. Um, like the last comment, um, just get chatty. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and it, it shows you that you're a real human being if you actually hold an opinion and that you have uh, thoughts and concepts and ideas and values and beliefs that may or may not reflect your customers, but at least they know where you stand. And it's like talking to a friend in a cafe about your opinion on, I don't know, Brexit or Boris Johnson or the Impossible Burger or vegans or whatever. It's like it's just like chatting to a friend in a cafe. Yesterday, I went went to go to the chiropractor, and I got two ideas for emails just walking there. The first was one of the one of the main electrical retailers in Spain, Wharton. Um, they they're running a Black Friday XXL sale, so their sale is from November the first to December the second. That's their Black Friday sale. How how it's expanded to a whole month now. Uh, the second was the local police who had, had, a, had a little advert up saying, please register. For every 2,500 people we get, we get four more police officers. Because over, over here, uh, the government pays the town based on how many people have got registered living there. Jeez, that's actually a really good idea. And I thought, actually, I bet you couldn't do that in the UK. People go, oh, civil liberties. But it's actually a really good idea because if you, if you base how much you give give a, a town on the number of people who live there, no one can argue. So Kensington, with their five hundred thousand million pound houses there, that is that really even the number, um, would get exactly the same amount for services as Manchester, somewhere, somewhere in the dark side of Manchester. Yeah. Makes so much sense. But yeah, so, I mean, yeah. I say, you know, the subjects that you talk about, it, you know, it doesn't have to be anything to do with your market at all. You, you can generally always find a link, uh, a hook that was going to be interesting to, to your end customer. Um, there's Which one more thing. One of the other points I've got. Go on. Nicely say imagery. Ah, when, yeah. you're write, when you're writing your emails, yeah. Don't just write in bland, boring language. Use imagery. You use word pictures. Talk about the, the smell of bacon coming out of the cafe as you walk past. Uh, talk if you talk about Impossible Burgers. You know, talk about the beetroot juice oozing out of it. Because then anybody who's seen it, it triggers in their in their brain, and they'll remember the email. It links back. Uh, I'm reading an amazing series of books at the moment. That's not for everyone. Um, called The Rivers of London, and it's about like a police officer who's actually an apprentice wizard. Now it sounds very Harry Potterish, and it is a little bit Harry Potterish, but it's obviously done for adults. But he talks about they talk about vestigia, which are remnants that everyone can detect, but no, most people don't, which are like smells and flashbacks. And they liken it to, you know, when you walk, you suddenly walk in, suddenly, you know, deja vu. That, that sort of vestigial. But yeah, Rivers of London, man, excellent books, really good. And I'm not into the whole supernatural stuff, but this is, and the guy's writing style is amazing as well. Um, he's got an amazing turn of phrase. Well, just reading it just for saying, oh, I could do that in an email, which yeah. I've done, like, I'm on three books in.
10 days now, book three after 10 days. Um, yeah. I'll put, it, I'll put a link in the comments. So I've got one Go more thing, on. and then I think we'll, we'll be done. Basically, the yeah. one other thing that actually helps massively with open rates is um, list cleansing. And we talked about it briefly last week, but one of the things that I would certainly suggest you do if you are struggling with open rates, and I said this to my friend who has only got four and a half percent open rates on his emails, I basically said to him, change change your email service, but before you import the list across to the new email service provider, whack your list through Neverbounce. And this is always a good thing to do. You can actually like tie in Neverbounce into your email service provider. So what will happen is it will um, and this, you can actually do is uh, I think it's up to a thousand emails a month that they will check for free. Um, so like if you are, you know, say for example, you've got an opt-in page, um, it will check the email before it goes onto your email service into your email platform. And it will check it for things like misspelling of like the, um, the domain name. So things like say for example, it's Joe Smith at Hotmail and they've forgotten to put the .com bit on it will adjust and fix those things. Um, you know, it will fix like when somebody's put, you know, uh, uh, Hmail rather than Gmail, for example, as being like the, you know, the, 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 the domain. So it will fix things like that, but it'll also check to see whether it's a legitimate email or not, i.e. whether it's, they'll check to see whether it bounces, um, which will save you a whole lot of stress and bother when you send out bulk emails and you get a whole bunch of bounces and people's emails not working for whatever reason. Um, you know, so it's a good idea to do that. It's, you know, really, really keep those lists as clean as possible because even a really, really tiny bounce rate. So even if you only have, say for example, you've got a list of 500 people and you get, you know, four, four of those bounce, that's 1% bounce rate, which is horrific in the eyes of your email service provider. And they're going to punish you for that. So certainly, like, look at um, cleansing your list as much as possible of all the bounces. So never bounce. And um, I think there's another one called zero bounce. Um, yeah. I'm not affiliated to either. I actually checked out at never bounce last week because Andre uses it on his ARM stuff. Exactly. That's where I, that's where it came to my radar. I couldn't work out how to get it set up. I just left it. it. Uh, it's a bit of a nerdy thing to set up to hook it up to your particular uh, to integrate it with your email service provider, but certainly for bulk. So like if you're moving from one email platform to another, which in some cases is the best thing that you can do is to basically go, you know what, uh, active campaign is not working for me. So I'm going to move everything wholesale across to ConvertKit um, or Drip or wherever. And it's like, in, instead of just wholesale importing everything across, is put it through Neverbounce first. It'll remove duplicates. It'll fix a whole bunch of like incorrect email addresses. And it'll also um, uh, delete or get rid of all of the bouncing emails or the, the, the ones which bounce. So um, it's cheap to do as well. It's like less than a, a one cent per email. So if you've got 500 emails, it's like five bucks really it's it, it makes sense to do it so yeah that was that's that's a real strong recommendation for you to do yeah so that's probably it for the day 
So yeah. we had on-page tracking, we had segmentation, we're allowing people to opt out, I promise I'll do it next time, using emojis in the subject line, um, eight word, maximum of eight words subject lines using imagery, uh, I'll stroke word pictures. We also had second subject line, we had obviously the, the email resend, yeah. uh, we had don't be boring, like remember the old, like, you know, the not so late Dan Kennedy's um, market message media match. If you don't know what that is, go get Dan Kennedy's um, uh, ultimate guide, oh, sorry, uh, ultimate uh, sales letter um, book. I think that was in part of the SMO reading club last month. Was it? It's, yeah, it's honestly read it, read it again, read it for a fifth time. Honestly, it's, it's the one book, one Dan Kennedy book that I've still got readily on my shelf I pick up all the time because it's it's the fundamentals of copywriting at the very least but yeah that that whole point of um, uh, media market message is is so fundamental to all all of your communication um, uh, get folks to reply to your emails uh, switch ESPs and never bounce so list cleanse um, super super important um, so lots and lots of like real like small tips but when you add all of those together, um, your whole email marketing strategy starts to really buzz. It's like, it's that whole, um, uh, you know, the incremental sort of uh, things. What do they call it the in, in cycling world? Um, yeah, I know. Cycling um, gains. Marginal gains. Yeah, marginal gains, that's it. But it's like um, each of them in, his, in their own right will produce like an, an extra couple of percent here or there. But put together, instead of getting a 20% open rate and a 1% click through, you're getting 40% open rate and a 3 to 5% click through rate, which suddenly makes a substantial difference to your email marketing strategy and it makes it worthwhile. That's a really interesting comment that Tamar made, which yeah. is I, I would support that they remove bounced emails. That's actually a bad thing. Yes, because email can bounce for numerous reasons that don't mean there's a problem. If somebody's uh, if, if Gmail's down, can you imagine if Gmail was down and the email bounced and anyway went, oh, yes, gone. That's half your list gone. Um, parameters, certainly on things like drip, for example, you can go if you have three emails on the bounce, bounce then you can um, you can uh, it basically it quarantines them moves them more to one side. So I don't know whether Aweber has specific settings. I would double check with Aweber to see what their uh, tolerances are. Because obviously, yeah, everybody at some point has a bounced email. So, and if you say, as you say, Gmail goes down for whatever reason, then every single Gmail account will down. down. Uh, we've, we've had things like um, uh, Yahoo and MSN and Hotmail or whatever you want to call it these days, um, basically, no emails being delivered to any Hotmail accounts um, on a particular for a particular email, and you know you suddenly realise that seventy-two of your email of your however many thousands of emails have gone out have not been delivered. So it's worthwhile, which is why things like doing the resend is good because it's actually a, a you know you can try a different headline and things like that, which will then perhaps not get a bounce. But ultimately, you're trying. Uh, there should be some tolerances on that. It shouldn't delete them on the first bounce. Yeah, should be. Right. 
<laughs> phrase in the middle of the day. Is he still alive, by the way? As far as I know, good old Dan. It's the, it's the mystery of 2019. He is, he is the stubborn old leather boot of the internet marketing world. Um, love Dan Kennedy to bits. Um, and he's still going strong, apparently. Like, if you go to, I think it's uh, dankennedytribute.com, he's got his latest uh, latest comment from about a month ago. That he's still- a live feed, yeah, they? That would be the next thing. Of having a paid live feed. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, they were meant to be having, like, I think there was meant to be a, a conference, like a, a no BS conference that, it, that they were basically going to, it was going to be a full on tribute to Dan Kennedy. And, like, as it stands, it's not going to be much of a tribute because he's still going to be alive. They'll probably wheel him out onto the stage. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, good on him, honestly. <laughs> Best bit of marketing of the year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Actually, you may have a point there. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm not. I'm not going to say that out loud. <laughs> Right. I think that's about it for the week, isn't it? I think that is. That was a, that was a useful, uh, hopefully a useful thing. I, again, like we did last week, if you can do us a favour and like comment below or comment above or to the side or wherever this thing appears, I don't know. Um, if you could just let us know, like, what do you think of those tips? Which ones have you used? Which ones do you not use? Like, which ones are you going to implement? Which is the most important part of this? And then if you are not a member of SMO, our free uh, group, it's not a Facebook group, it's a completely different type of group, go to joinsmo.com forward slash free. And then there's Mark's uh, offer of, of the day, which is smoflashsale.com, um, which is uh, email infotainer and various other bits and pieces that I think he's going to chuck in there as well. Um, so go check that out. Don't, because most people won't be listening this far. I mean, it's just an experiment. I thought, you know what, I've got Thinkific and it's got everything in place to do this. So, hey, let's test how it goes. Oh, I'm so. glad to hear that. Oh, I've just seen a message, uh, a message from Anders saying, use Tim's advice and resend email to a list that didn't open the first time. Yeah, it's one of the most simple things that you can do. And I, I can't remember where I got it from. I think it might have been an Andre thing. Um, added 10% to the opens email. Absolutely. And it's like, you'll see that gradually increase um, as you experiment with different timings and different subject lines and stuff like that. Normally we get about 20, 20 to 25% open rate on the first email. And then we add easily another 15% of the overall list um, to who opened the second email. And then there's, there's the subsequent clicks and purchases and all that kind of stuff from that. So definitely, definitely makes sense to do that email resend. It's so, so simple. Um, just the only thing that you need to figure out on your email software is how to segment based upon whether somebody's opened or not. And I, and I know Ian said last week that it's not the most reliable thing, but it's it's about as good as we're going to get. So um, it makes a difference to us. Let's do something else I wanted to mention. Right, Active Campaign. You know that they've gone all in for AI. They built this whole big black box on the back end. So you can do predictive sending now. So if you set them, um, it will predict when someone's going to open. So it'll send just before that. They've now got predictive call to actions. So you give it three or four call to actions. It will choose the one that the person who's receiving it is most likely to reply, respond to. 
and that's within this is the first like two three months they've been doing it can you imagine what this is going to be like in two years time you're not even going to have to write an email you're just going to go i want to sell this product to this list of people and it's going to create your emails and send them i reckon that's where it's going i think so, so some of the things that clavio or clavio if you're american um do is they've they've got things like predictive analytics based upon um when the most when somebody's most likely to buy again for the next time and if they if they miss that date of when they predicted to buy for the second time or the third time or whatever then you can send out sequences based upon that but it's also doing predictive predictive um uh predictions based upon i think it's the the person's name it figures out whether they're male or female so you can actually adjust the language of your text um, based upon whether they're male or female. Quite incredible. Um, I think it's a little bit dangerous, you know, because you know, um, you know, certain names in uh, in in different languages are uh, you know switch genders, if you like. Um, uh, you know, cer certainly U.S. to the U.K. and also in France as well. There's names that don't convert. From male to female, they switch around. So, but um, yeah, very, very clever. <laughs> How do they do that magic? <laughs> yeah. Right. It's all very ninja. Um, well, I'm not even going to put that one down. <laughs> Thanks, Ian. You've got you've got us to the end of the show again. <laughs> right, guys. See you later. Oh, hang on. Uh, <laughs> Hang on. Uh, that's like the sumo.com Shopify email service that does this and take me a 5% cut of salad generate. It's called FAM, I think. Yeah, it's FAM actually, isn't it? Yeah. 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 That went straight off my head, those ones, when they emailed when they came out. Because you, you all know my views on e commerce. Sumo have come up with some interesting tools, which is just spectacular. But I think there's other platforms that are certainly with things like Clavio. The, their data sort of team is incredible. They've really got it nailed with the predictive analytics, literally down to the day, like that they expect somebody to buy, and it's proper ninja. So yeah, super super smart um, <laughs> sales. Yeah, we know what you mean, <laughs> Fraser. But yeah, I preferred salads. Yeah, <laughs> uh, dear. But I think I think it's a bit dodgy when they start taking a cut of the sales. Um, you know, I I I, I always take a bit of an issue when they take a percentage of it it's like you're providing a service yes um but don't take a percentage because that's like you know that's a significant chunk five percent to them doesn't seem like much but five percent to me as a as an e-commerce like product provider five percent could could easily be you know uh 25 to 50 percent of my profit is being taken so yeah it's a bit dangerous that so anyway but that's that's for another Another rant for another day. So we'll leave it at that, shall we, Mark? Yeah. Peace out. Have a great weekend. Speak to you. Bye. You've been listening to the Friday Live thing. For show notes and resources, head over to members.seriousmarketersonly.com.